the same, no matter time, no place. They don't understand that us kids are going to make some mistakes. So to you other kids all across the land, there's no need to argue. Parents just don't understand. Well, 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 what was that song about? Well, listen, this is Christy Danielle, a.k.a. The Talk Lady, and welcome to another session episode. I told y'all we don't really call them episodes, we call them sessions. This is Christy Danielle, The Talk Lady, and welcome to another session of the Before After Podcast. Thank you for listening. My goodness, we're going to explain that song, but before I give an explanation of that song, I want you if you haven't already, click the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm telling you, hopefully this show has been a blessing to you. Um, I am a firm believer um, that you know you're in the place of healing when you are assisting in healing others. So this is a question I always ask my clients when they move into the maintenance phase. Uh, and maintenance phase just means this. They have done the work. They have achieved some emotional healing. Not all the way, you know, for some of me, but, but it's okay. But they have some emotional, mental, spiritual uh, peace. And so we call that the maintenance phase. So I always tell them, uh, okay, so now you're in maintenance phase. What uh, are you going to do with this healing? Are you just going to sit? And I have seen it a thousand times over and over again. When you achieve a certain level of healing, what begins to happen is uh, you'll go backwards if you don't put that healing back out into the earth. You'll go backwards. What are you going to do with all this healing? So, yes, 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 yes. So, and of course, I took a break last week. You know, I try not to limit myself and say, oh, I have to record. Oh, I have to record. I limit myself. Uh, I, I allow myself. I don't I don't limit myself to that because I needed a mental health. I needed a mental health day. I needed a mental health break. So I uh, messaged uh, our producer, Martinez Billingsley. I love him, love him. Uh, listen, this is a brother. Uh, he's just amazing. Him and his wife, Ann Billingsley. I'm so appreciative. Uh, MMS Media. Reach out to them if you have uh, any idea, like podcast idea, media ideas. They're amazing. And I text them in the morning and I said, you know what? Listen, I'm not. And so I allowed myself. And that's the beauty of healing. You're not moving on someone else's schedule out of fear of them not liking you. Ooh, that was already a big one right there. I'm telling you. So. Listen, I needed to take a break, family. I hope y'all understand. It's just a bit of self-disclosure. I think self-disclosure is healthy within reason and within boundary, especially in therapy. So, yes, it is very powerful. And so I just needed a mental health break. So, but I'm back and I'm better. So, listen, that song, Parents Just Don't Understand by Will Smith. I play, um, I had Martinez play that because... That song, um, you know, I saw a TikTok, a young lady, she was using a, a sound, it's a trending sound that everybody uh, has been using, but basically the captions or the titles, the subtitles that she had on her video, it was basically saying, when your mother forgets that you're grown as well. And, she, and the song was just like, I can't do it. Nope, I cannot do it. And so she acted like she was hanging up on her mother. And so I'm seeing 
plenty of plenty of TikTok videos discussing this. Um, even people that I have met in my personal life, I have met this, and and so the type uh, I have met who deal with this type of issue. So I uh, am titling this session the emotional generational gap. You know, a lot of us feel like our parents don't understand. A lot of our parents feel like we don't understand. Uh, I am 34. I'll be 35 on December 23rd this year. Excited. Um, so uh, I am a millennial. And I completely understand how it feels to be a millennial. Come on. And also to be to have parents who express their opinions quite freely i'm just being honest hello somebody um and, and and some of us have a really hard time connecting with our parents because our parents uh authority figures and it doesn't just have to be our parents it could be an instructor at college it could be uh, a, a, another family member uncles uh, older it, it could be any people old any, anyone older than us but the main thing is they seem very critical and not supportive. And so now this contributes to an emotional generational gap. I've said it before on previous sessions, or I've at least once or twice, um, it's called epigenetics. Epigenetics. And basically research, and, and they've been studying like DNA and things like that, and it comes to find out that trauma can be traced back as far as 14 generations. That's the far, that's the furthest that they have discovered. But what if it goes back even further? Okay. So uh, I was watching. I believe her name was Nessa Carey. Okay. And uh, it I, it was a YouTube video, and she was teaching to an audience. And this is the example that she gave. She said, "Imagine there was a school teacher, and she became so stressed out." about uh the classroom and so she's become over she's you know become overwhelmed so one day she says i'm just gonna drink me a cup of gin just to calm me down so then the next day she does it again and again and again well also my background i'm also a registered nurse so this is what happens once you participate in a particular behavior uh, like drinking we build up, of course, a tolerance. Uh, you know, we, we our body's like, look, you're not about to die of liver failure. Hold on, let's release some hormones. Let's increase this tolerance. What's going on? What's going on? And so now she needs another drink to satisfy, um, you know, so she can get what she's trying to get from drinking the gin. So now your body says, you know what? We're gonna, we need to survive from this. So we're gonna send certain things in. And so what this happened is, it alters the protein around our DNA. So actually trauma can travel because that's the body protecting itself and reminding us on the protein around the DNA, hey, we need to pass this down to make sure it doesn't happen again. So trauma can be traced back as far as 14 generations. And I thought that that's so profound. And so what begins to happen is that we may be, and see her child, that, that Nessa Carey gave an example about that one teacher. That teacher could have children. The children may have not, not one single drop of alcoholism or things like that. But then later on in the bloodline, great, great, great granddaughter or grandson may, 
oh my gosh, I'm stressed out, I need to drink this. It unlocks what the body did with that teacher in the beginning. And because the DNA said, oh, we remember that. Oh, let's do it. So trauma can be traced down. And, and, and Juneteenth, and this is what's so powerful about Juneteenth um, and me dis- and I'm discussing this because when it comes to especially African Americans can you imagine your slave master let's just go travel back in time your slave master coming in and raping raping you every time you hear footsteps you become nervous because you know what's going to happen that certain time of the night when everybody sleeps you hear footsteps I'm about to get raped again or I made a mistake, I'm gonna get beat. Or so-and-so was killed today. You know, just to make an example for us not to live. That has to be so, it, not, it is so traumatizing. So can you imagine that anxiety traveling down the bloodline? Oh my goodness. So just to give you an example, this is why I think African-Americans, I'm an African-American as well, why we struggle with so many internal things because trauma is very generational. And so when we're talking about the emotional generational gap, let's just look, let's just stay in that vein of when slavery occurred. Can you imagine your ancestors that their only idea of surviving was you better do right, get out your feelings, go out, go outside and pick this cotton. Even even for other races, other ethnicities, we ain't got time for that because we're suffering. Forget your emotional self, do what you got to do. Because our history, the history of the world, involves so much trauma and world and life changing things. So can you imagine? Uh, there only our ancestors, no matter the race, that we've all encountered something. Our ancestors all encountered something. So can you ima- imagine them saying, "I don't have time to worry about emotional things. I I just need to survive." Holocaust, you know, I need to survive. I don't care about my emotion. I don't care about the PTSD. I just need to survive so I don't, so I'm not killed in this concentration camp. Okay, so then they birth another generation, and then that generation is saying, "Oh, okay, we don't care about this emotion. We need to survive. We need to make it. Let's take, let's pull it in." Of course, like I said, I'm an African American, so we had slavery. Just do right. Don't get in trouble. This and that. So then they birth people, and they say, and and, and so let's. Fast forward now to the civil rights era. Listen, we got a little bit of freedom, but how are you going to show that freedom? You do good, do what you're supposed to do, uh, go to college, make good grades, get a good job, show these white folks up. I'm just telling you this, you know, okay. So then, so, and then they birthed another generation. You got, you got to be strong, get out your feelings. So now it introduces an addictive uh, addictive personality generation through time we have been neglected past generations not just African Americans but other races as well have been neglected emotionally for so long that now we have generations for Millennials and the generations after us who are like no mental health is important I need emotional and spiritual freedom. 
I and, and this is truly why um, I believe that um, the Bible calls it apostasy. It's a falling away from the church. This is also why I believe that a lot of people are falling away from the church because the church, you hear a lot of preachers say, get out your feelings. Well, you're telling me to get out of my feelings and worship a God that it felt like he allowed my daddy to rape me. Okay, that, that's 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 really what I do. Christian counseling as well as secular counseling. I'm telling you, this is these are the things that I hear. I'm not making this up. And even from just a bit of self-disclosure, even I didn't grow up in church, but when I became a Christian, there were a lot of things on my heart. And even after I was licensed as a minister, I was encountering uh, hurt people in the church setting, and they would hurt me. So, listen, I truly think that this idea of survival mode, you just got to do right, and it was an emotional neglect. And so that's why I played that clip, Parents Just Don't Understand, because there is a bridge, and there not a bridge, we want to bridge, but there is a gap between generations, a gap between generations one generation and the ones before that they're saying you know what y'all too soft this and that just endure be strong and then we have another generation that says i am strong when i can be vulnerable i am strong you know so how can we bridge these two things together um and just an example i uh and i love i listen i love my mother my my biological mother she's listen okay i love this chick but just this morning, I was um, I have a 15-year-old and an 8-year-old. They both have been saying, Mom, we want a dog, we want a dog. And then all of a sudden, I started wanting a dog. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so what uh, I call my mom, just a small talk conversation, and I was saying, you know, Mom, the boys want a dog. I'm thinking I want a dog. Um, I, I stay in an apartment. I hate being a homeowner. That's just, it's not for everybody. That The American dream is get a house I just hated being a homeowner the upkeep I, I love renting don't judge me I'm just so my mom was like well when you get a dog in an apartment this and that this and that and this and she ended up sending me literally on my phone this morning right before I got on this podcast she sent me a, a link of why the style of dog that we the breed of dog that we wanted wasn't good and this and that now here's the thing her generation looks at it as, well, how you gonna discipline it? How you gonna do this? How you gonna do that? My generation and younger, it's, it's about comfort. Cause when you pet a dog, also you release oxytocin. When you uh, pet pets or whatever, when you stroke them or whatever. So I, I looked at it as an emotional thing, but I didn't really, we would say your mother wasn't really supportive. She just sent you all thing. It was, seems very critical. That is a perfect example of the generational emotional gap. We feel that the older generation is just criticizing, criticizing, criticizing. They always have something to say. They never understand. While the younger generations are like, look, I feel like you're not supporting me. So where can we bridge the gap? So I want to talk about bridging the generational gap. Um, one thing in when I deal with clients about forgiveness uh, because in order to bridge the gap, there needs to be some forgiveness, flat out. Now, for some clients, when I mention the term forgiveness in the session, 
uh, it triggers them even more. So if the term forgiveness triggers you, then uh, or forgiving a particular person who caused trauma in your life, that, that, of course, that's a red flag. Remember, your emotions are a thermometer in your tabernacle. So if you feel some type of way about me saying us forgiving people who caused, for, us forgiving the people who caused the trauma, then nine times out of ten, if it triggers an emotional response, then that is a sign that we just need to investigate that area. And guess what? It's okay if we're not ready. Um, so... Oh, I called this guy my mentor. I said, I promise he's going to be on the show one day. Dr. Mike Davis. And he told me one time, he said, you know, the church normally teaches us, and this is just in general, life teaches us, you know, uh, in order... Uh, in order to heal, you have to forgive. So basically, you have to forgive, then your healing will come. He said, no, that's not true. He said, you have to heal to forgive, not forgive to heal. He said, but, he, and, and when we were talking, it hit my mind. I said, because forgiveness is an act of a healthy, healthy spiritual person. Forgiveness requires strength. So we need to accept and acknowledge that maybe somewhere in, in, in our soul we're not healthy. And that's okay. That's okay. And remember I talked about a previous session. Um, when trauma hits our life, it stunts the growth in our soul. So some of us are immature in certain areas in our souls. Ooh, okay, because I'm getting healed. Talk about, talk about it. See? Hello. So some of us are stuck in a certain place in our souls. So uh, forgiveness is a requirement. Now, how uh, is a requirement of a healthy person? So I can't even forgive you because, see, what if the person comes to you and apologizes and gives you the forgiveness that you, that you wanted, but you can't even receive it? You have to heal to forgive. You have to heal to accept uh, to accept an I'm sorry from the person who hurt you. So let's work on healing first. So I normally tell clients, I said, okay, well, let's put forgiveness on the parking lot. Let's work on healing first. That'll come when it comes. So when we talk about, when we talk about bridging the gap, um, the emotional gap between older generations and younger generations, there needs to be a, a starting of a forgiveness process. So, but what starts that forgiveness process, especially from our parents who we feel that are very, uh, who we feel are very critical, um, even in the church room when we have certain church leaders who can seem very harsh and even though I do feel things should be done in the love of God but the point of a shepherd they we do need chastisement because that helps us grow I was doing behaviors in ministry that I didn't even know I was doing and then my spiritual mother and father Apostle John and Pamela Dillon they would pull me to the side and say uh-uh you you know what you're doing and it's and it happened like this I would display a behavior <laughs> and then um Pastor Pam my spiritual mother she would say hey remember that time you did she said I want you to look at that more and she started bringing awareness time after time after time after time again and so then remember when I say out of 100% of your healing process 90% is awareness so as I became aware of the behavior, the more she called it out, then I was, then I would start catching the awareness. She, she didn't have to call me out anymore. So then I started to self-correct myself. 
The skill of self-correcting is very important for an emotionally healthy person. This is what is needed for the generational gap. So, and again, getting back to what I've said, the forgiveness process starts when we view why our parents or authority figures or older generations, why they did what they did. I call it heart language. I hear your mouth, I see your mouth moving. I'm hearing words, yes. You may be even yelling. What, what, what is the person's soul saying? What is their heart saying? Because I could be yelling in your face, and, uh, but my heart is really saying, why are you treating me this way? I don't like it, it hurts. I, I'm not even like this. Okay, and just a side note, this is actually though how narcissists pull, a, pull us in, uh, pull people in. <laughs> They'll say, this is your character, this is who you are. So you try to prove to the narcissist that you're not who you say they are. Who, you're not who they say you are. And that's how they pull you in. Just like, you know. But yes. So I'm listening to the heart language of the person. And so let's take the situation with my mother. I am a, uh, I am not married. I am single. Let's see. We got to put stuff into play now. I love it. I'm, I see clients. Okay, I have my own, uh, I, you know, I'm practicing in private practice. So I schedule clients. I'm seeing clients about three or four days a week. Okay, my oldest is in high school. It's summertime. He has football camps, morning and night. Any, anybody knows who has a child in high school who's, who's on sports, those, and it's summertime, oh, it's, it's a wrap. You know, coaches will double up on the practices, you know. My eight-year-old, he wants time with me. The other day, we went to the zoo at 8 in the morning because it wasn't that hot early in the morning. So I'm spending time with him. I'm doing this. I got to make sure I'm cooking. Got to make sure I'm cleaning. Uh, all the responsibilities of the house rely solely on me. So even though it seemed like my mother was being critical, I needed to hear her heart. Come on, I know this helping somebody. I needed to hear her heart. What she really was saying was, having a child, another child. You already by yourself with two kids. 15 year old son, a 15 year old boy and an eight year old boy. Who are, and, and look, my eight year old, we plan on doing, I'm signing, signing him up for swimming lessons this summer, you know, all that. They just got out of school two or three weeks ago. So it is, so one process that would help us better heal when it seems like they're being critical is we have to see the heart of why they're saying that. And that goes for in, in, in general, any forgiveness process. It is, I can forgive this person when I see why they did. Do you really think, unless they, now I have to put the disclaimer, unless they have antisocial personality disorder or they're like a full-blown narcissist so we so they have the actual diagnosis of narcissistic personality disorder if they're like a sociopath they will sit and plan to hurt you i'm not talking about these people i'm talking about you dealing they may have narcissistic characteristics strong ones but they're not necessarily a narcissist you know i'm talking about these people so I don't think, not I don't think, I know for a fact they're not sitting and saying, how am how I going to hurt this person? I'm going to wake up and I'm going to pick Christy 
and I'm going to say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do, to do that. So a bit of uh, my testimony that I share, I was married, and for reasons, you know, there was someone else, we just say that, we divorced. Okay. What helped me forgive, because I was thinking, they not attacking me. They didn't do this and say, oh, we, we about to hurt Christy. We don't like her. They're not attacking me. They were just satisfying their trauma. It had nothing to do with me. That helped me start forgiving. You cannot be in your right mind if you're hurting people the way that you are. There has to be an issue going on. So when we understand why hurting people behave the way that they do, and we got to remember, like I talked about earlier, that the older generations came from a place of, look, you'll get in trouble, and even if you go back further, you're going to die if you don't obey the law. So they're raising and training us out of survival. And when we eat the meat and spit out the bones, we're able to accept. So, so by the end of looking at the information my mother texts me and everything, I was like, you know what, she right. I probably need to get a little chihuahua, just a very low-maintenance dog. You know, I just probably need to get that. Or if I, you know, a dog that I could carry and put in the car when I drop, you know, my oldest off to practice or something. I don't need no big Labrador, no, uh, I don't need all that. So, I eating the meat. Something my spiritual mother says, she told me, she said, uh, Christy, you need to start understanding the heart of the person. And she, and my spiritual mother, she said, it's called, sometimes it's called toxic love. Do we accept toxicity? No. Do we tolerate toxicity? No. God does not want that. But we need to see their heart may be for us, but the way that they manifest it is completely toxic and it comes off controlling. That's the point of boundaries. Boundaries. We need boundaries. So bridging the emotional generational gap. We first, we need to start by seeing the heart of the older generation and vice versa. They need to start seeing, uh, because they need to realize uh, who who birthed this generation that y'all complaining about, who raised us. So we got great grandparents who's complaining about the younger generation, but you birthed the people and raised the people who raised the younger generation. So it's, so the older generation also needs to give accountability. And if they don't give accountability, then how can I still be successful in life, even though they're not being accountability accountable? You know, I remember one time I was in prayer, and uh, I promise you, I kid you not, the, uh, the Holy Spirit said, I need for you to be like a duck. And I said, a duck? I said, no. I said, okay, well, okay. I said, duh. So immediately, I have a teacher's anointing, so I'm like studying immediately. And what uh, the question that the Holy Spirit presented to me was, how is it that when you wet a feather, it doesn't float in the air anymore, but it falls straight to the ground because it's so heavy. But yet a duck can be on top of the water and it doesn't sink to the bottom of the lake or pond. How, how is that? And I said, what? question so I studied the feathers and we're actually where the feather meets under the skin of a duck there is an oil gland and so whenever water hits the feather it secretes oil because oil and water don't mix so the duck is able to be in a, a, in a 
we can t refer it to life as a chaotic environment. They can be over uh, on top of an environment, in an environment that could potentially harm them, but they flowing through, not, not injured. They still processing. Same thing with us. So what the Holy Spirit was saying to me was, how can you, you know, people can attack you because they can be used by the enemy or, or if you're not a believer, some evil force, you know, I, I, you know. Um, how can you still deal with hurting people, evil people, uh, horrible personalities, but still maintain this place of peace? like a duck and so the uh, the skill to do that is seeing why the person behaves and then also boundaries i put a video uh out on tiktok and facebook i said uh this is my public apology <laughs> i said i am so sorry for being so rude how was i being rude how rude of me to try to go into your mind and change your perception of me. I said, that's so rude. I'm gonna let you think what you want to think about me. It is not my responsibility. Who am I to try to come into your mental and say, change how you view me? No, that's rude. <laughs> you know, and so it's an apology, but also an affirmation. Like, I'm gonna let you think what you want to think about me. Uh, something else I put on uh, my social media. I said, um, I am not responsible to become the person that your mind portrays for me portrays me to be i'm not i'm not gonna be that so it's understanding why and not feeling you have to prove your identity to that you know or try to win support if it's truth and if it's who you if it's art you know if you are that uh, I'm, I'm speaking like if they say you're something but you're not that you know who you are well then it doesn't it doesn't matter so I'm it's learning the skill of like I said earlier eating the meat and spitting out the bones so and now this is what's happening because we don't have boundaries and because there is a gap in the emo the emotional generational gap now we have emotionally detached marriages because see they didn't give us the skill of emotionality they gave us the skill of working hard they gave us the skill of starting that business of go making the grades they gave us the skill of hustle but they did not give us the skills of emotional healthiness i sometimes this does offend people when i say this but that's all a part of healing um once you become a certain age and i'm sure you probably heard it before it is no longer the people who cause the trauma. They have no control over you. You are responsible for your choices. When we realize that we are where we are because decisions that we made and things we submitted to, that's where the healing starts. So there needs to be accountability on our portions. And I, I, I kid you not, we're talking about bridging the emotional generational gap as I begin to carry out my healthiness I have people 50s 60s I kid you not that are learning things from me 34 year old one time even my mother told me she said the way you handle life I never could imagine handling it that way my mother was honoring me for the way that I carry decisions in life so if it's your problem, 
It's your solution. You can change the narrative of the trauma in your life. Yes, you may have been raised under a controlling authority figure. You may have had an absent authority figure. But that cannot hold you back from your abundance and success. And actually, I've said it before, your trauma defines your purpose. I ask clients all the time, and I've done this in another session, I'm doing it again now. I want you to write down all the things, all the characteristics about you that you don't like. Once you have that list, I want you to write down all the characteristics, uh, uh, not all the characteristics, I want you to write down all the things that you've been through that you couldn't, that, that you hate that you went through. I said, so then when we look at that list, all the things that you listed that you don't like about yourself, that's your clientele, that's the nation that you're called to, you have a, you have a personal inside look with what they're dealing with. So that should let you know, this is how I'm going to reach that audience. I should do this on social media. I should talk about these things on social media. That's how I knew, oh, therapy. I'm going to help people heal their minds. Got it. Because I know how it feels to be suicidal and homicidal. We ain't going to talk about it. I'm just saying. And so then also when it comes to uh, things that I've been through, when you look at the things you've been through, that's your product. That's what your nation and clientele are going to purchase from you. Your abundance and success is tied into you looking in the mirror of those things that you cannot like, that you don't like about yourself. You are given a direct access right in the mirror of your future. Time is only what we perceive it to be. My belief is that uh, when we dwell in church, when we call it in the spirit, God is an eternal God. He's not limited to time. If I dwell with him, I, I, I can be in past, present, and future in the same time. That's eternity. There is no time. So I can be anywhere. In time. So when I'm in prayer, I'm looking at my, I could see something from my past, change it now, that will direct my future. I could do all of it at the same time. Oh, I'm getting excited. So th- this is healing. So this is how we bridge the gener- the emotional generational gap. So I just wanted to talk about this. Listen, this is most likely a part one. There will be other parts. And I'm going to invite uh, some younger generations, millennials, and, I'm, and I'll invite older generations. And we're all going to sit and we're going to have a discussion. But it starts by understanding the heart language and, and it teaches us to eat. Because what if I would have ignored my mother? I would have had a dog at home tearing up my house while I'm while I'm seeing clients then dropping my son off to practice and then dropping my other one off to swim practice and never at home <laughs> you know come on she, she had to get me right I'm like you know, right. okay, fine. so I just wanted to come on and talk about that um listen you can reach me before or after counseling uh, at gmail.com um, of course, my handles on social media, the talk lady, the underscore talk lady. Um, so I encourage you to reach out. Uh, let's talk. You know, I may do a live session. It'll be private, but we may do a live session through the podcast one day. Um, so, yeah, healing 
the emotional generational gap. We need to accept that our healing may come from actually accepting flaws about our ancestors. That, that's where it begins. And, and ultimately for those in the church realm, we can heal the generational gap. We can take what Big Mama and them said, but at the same time, we can incorporate modern things as well. Modern things as far as incorporating emotionality and incorporating those things, because God cares about the full person. Spirituality is being fully whole. Uh, I love you guys. Until next session, listen, this might have been a short one, I don't know, but I, listen, it is what it is. So who were you before the trauma? We address the trauma before the after ever occurred. Take care.